your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a lot of football news to break down on the show today. Iowa figures out where is it going to be playing their bowl game at. It is the Citrus Bowl. We're going to be talking about that, what that means for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and diving a little bit into some of the press conference quotes and a little bit more on the quarterback situation. That's all coming up on today's show. We also have some basketball news to talk about as well. Iowa performed well on Friday night versus Purdue, and they now get Illinois. Can they take down Illinois in a game that was expected to be heavily favored on the Illinois side? A couple big names might be out. We're going to talk about all that on the show today. Before we get into any of that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. And this show, breaking down the Citrus Bowl selection, breaking down... Uh, the quarterback situation and the Iowa versus Illinois and Iowa versus Purdue basketball games is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, y'all. We all know that that Big Ten championship game was not very fun to watch. If you want to learn more about it, hear what we had to say about it, definitely check out our recap episode with Sean Daniels, uh, former Iowa running back. We broke down the game on yesterday's episode, kind of a bonus episode for you. Wanted to get a little bit more into some of the other details, though. Um, after Championship Saturday happened, uh, the CFP rankings came out. And, of course, as we can expect, the SEC got favored pretty significantly. Alabama jumps up to number one. Georgia Georgia drops to number three. Michigan stays at number two. Riddle me that, college football playoff committee. I don't get it. Uh, my biggest thing is I think they didn't want Alabama and Georgia to play each other because they want Alabama and Georgia to play in the college football playoff championship. Very typical of the college football playoff committee. Nevertheless, I digress. Cincinnati is at four. What this means from a Big Ten perspective, Michigan obviously is going to be playing in that college football playoff. The next highest ranked team was Ohio State. They get the Rose Bowl bid. Michigan State gets the Peach Bowl bid, which leaves Iowa getting the Citrus Bowl, the highest non-New Year's Six Bowl for the Big Ten. So nevertheless, a very solid outing for Iowa to be able to get into the Citrus Bowl going into this game or going into this uh, this stretch up until January. Uh, behind them, Penn State got the Outback Bowl and Wisconsin got into Las Vegas Bowl. So not a lot after that. Purdue, obviously, Minnesota, uh, Maryland getting into a couple bowls there. But kind of the big takeaways were those, those games. And Iowa getting into the Citrus Bowl is really interesting. Uh, it's down in Orlando. Iowa fans like to travel down to Florida, but are they going to travel down to Florida for a game against Kentucky? I don't know. It's tough. You had such a big showing for the Big Ten championship game. I think some people have some sour taste in their mouth. Now, granted, I think that's going to start to disappear as the days go on. We could see uh, eventually a heavy influx of folks down into Orlando for that game, but I think when you have all the people going to the Big Ten Championship game and you have the idea that you could be going to the Rose Bowl on your mind, going to the Citrus Bowl becomes kind of settling. It becomes the worst-case scenario. It's what we were hoping we weren't going to do because we thought we had a chance at the Rose Bowl. So I understand if you're sitting there, you're kind of frustrated. I get it. 
I didn't want to beat the Citrus Bowl either. It means that we lost or we got absolutely smoked, which is which is really what happened. I think if Iowa would have put up a good fight, if Iowa would have kept it close, there's a chance that Iowa could have jumped at Michigan State. The college ball playoff committee is not very rigorous in terms of their standards. They kind of just jump all over all over the place to do whatever the heck they want. If Iowa puts up a good fight against Michigan, maybe Iowa jumps up over Michigan State. Iowa didn't. Iowa's now in the Citrus Bowl. But nevertheless, it's a good bowl. It's the first time Iowa has played there since the Drew Tate-Warren Holloway catch against LSU. It's been a long time since we played in this bowl. It's a New Year's bowl still. It's a very highly touted bowl. And we're going to get a Kentucky team that is going to be a very interesting matchup for us. Kentucky is currently 22nd in the college ball playoff rankings, and they are led by two guys that we are very familiar with. Will Levis, former quarterback at Penn State, and Wandell Robinson, kind of do-it-all scat-back wide receiver slot guy returner from Nebraska. Those two guys are going to be very difficult for Iowa to defend. And this Kentucky team is a very interesting team. They're 9-3 and on the season. They got smoked by Georgia 13-30. to They lost to Mississippi State 31-17. to And they lost to Tennessee in a tight one 45-42. What to expect from this Tennessee or this uh, Kentucky team is kind of interesting. They are a very heavily run-focused team. They are first in the nation in yards per attempt. 72nd in passing yards per game. So they like to keep the ball on the ground wherever possible. On the flip side of that, they're a pretty solid defensive team. 28th in yards allowed per rushing attempt. 51st in passing yards allowed per game. So this is not a Michigan type of defense. This is more of a Minnesota type of team. However, with significantly more dynamic athletes across the board and coached by Mark Stoops, a former Iowa player who played when Kirk Ferentz was an assistant. Um, That is going to be a very uh, heavy focus of conversation as we get closer into that game. Again, Iowa at this point, um, this matchup is going to be interesting. Going forward, as we talked about LaShawn Daniels, the biggest thing for Iowa now is to get healthy, to get mentally right, to focus on their finals, and then begin preparing for the Kentucky game. And they're going to have to watch a lot of tape because they need to contain these good athletes and not let them get in space and burn some of our players. We struggled. And I don't want to go back to that, but Christian, not that we, not that Wanda Robinson is Christian McCaffrey, but we've struggled in the past with those kind of players. We've struggled with very dynamic quarterbacks like a Will Levis. We struggled against Nebraska with Logan Smothers when he was playing well. This is a tough matchup for the Iowa Hawkeyes, but it's a winnable one. And that's all you can ask for going into January Bulls. That is going to be a huge opportunity for Iowa to finish with 11 wins on the season. I know it's disappointing. I know it's tough to see how Iowa got smoked by Michigan. I know it's tough to see how putrid our offense looked in that game. But there's still hope. And if Iowa can somehow manage to get to 11 wins, I truly believe this might be one of the more impressive feats considering how lackluster they've been on offense, especially against that Michigan team. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the quarterback situation. I thought Alex Padilla had a very interesting comment in regards to whether or not these guys were going to return or not. Also, Spencer Petros was apparently injured. That's why we saw Alex Padilla. And what should Iowa do about this quarterback position? And also, who might not be going to the bowl game? It is opt-out season, and it is upon us. We're going to be talking about all that on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast coming up here in a few short moments. I do want to tell all of you college football fanatics out there about Prize Picks, though. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. 
and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They literally offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And all of you listeners out there, all you have to do is sign up and use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And here's how it works: you pick two to five players, you pick an over/under on their projections, and you can 10x your entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers, and you can combine sports as well: basketball and football, Iowa basketball, Iowa football. You can do that at PrizePicks.com. Plus, entries can be made within 60 seconds or less, and withdrawals are fast and safe. Why wouldn't you go to prizepicks.com? So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. And again, thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first podcast and first listen every single day. Again, you can find us wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. Before we took a break, we talked a little bit about Iowa versus Kentucky. Now it's time to talk about our favorite subject, the quarterback position, because in that game, Spencer Petras, I thought, played really well in the first quarter. Then things started going poorly. Accuracy was off. Timing was off. Wasn't able to do nearly as much, and he struggled. He got benched. Alex Padilla came in partway through the third quarter. There's a lot of questions I have around that. Why didn't Alex Padilla start the half? How did Spencer stay in so long if he apparently injured his torso? It sounds like either late in the first quarter or early in the second. And how injured is Spencer Petrus? According to Kirk, it's not too serious. Just going to be something kind of painful to manage for a little bit. But it's just one of these interesting situations where the quarterback position just cannot get figured out. Spencer played pretty well in that first half or first quarter. Iowa was moving the football. Ryan Ferentz was calling a pretty solid game. When Alex Padilla came in, he did a good job of scrambling and getting out of the pocket, but I wasn't overly impressed by what he was doing either. Uh, it, it just isn't a good spot for Iowa to be in. Kirk thinks it's a great spot. You have two quarterbacks you can trust. I think it's a bad spot. Now, anyone who's listened to me knows that I would I have preferred Alex Padilla to this point, but these last couple of games have not shown me a lot. Now, Minnesota was not as bad as I think the stats show. Nebraska, however, not a good initial showing up. Granted, he apparently had the flu and even said in his press conference that or his press conference after this game against Michigan that he thinks that, you know, he wasn't 100 percent. He wasn't feeling well. I can understand that when I had the flu, I don't want to do anything. I can't imagine playing Big Ten football against Michigan. He's going up against two of the best defensive ends in the country with a relatively porous offensive line, including Jack Plum, who had a legitimate 0.0 pass blocking grade, according to PFF. But what are you going to do at this point? I, I, when you look at this offense, it is not all on Brian Ferentz. You have issues with the offensive line. You have issues with quarterback play. I think for as much as Tyler Goodson might be one of the best big play threats we've had at running back and one of the most dynamic running backs, he's also arguably one of the worst system running backs Iowa has had. And what I mean by that is Iowa likes guys who get hit the ball. They one cut and run upfield. Makai Sargent was really good at that. Makai Sargent is not a better all-around back than Tyler Goodson. But Makai could take a carry, put his foot in the ground, and go up for four or five yards and fall forward. Tyler Goodson wants to make things happen. He dances a little bit, sometimes doesn't hit the hole as powerful. Against Michigan, he did a good job, I thought. I thought he hit the hole really well. But Tyler Goodson uh, definitely hasn't been the Tyler Goodson we have seen before. 
And a lot of that has to go back to the blocking and how bad that has been as well. I mean, you know your pass blocking is bad. When instead of trying to actually engage Aiden Hutchinson, we had our linemen just chop blocking him and having quick throws to avoid Aiden Hutchinson. That's how bad our offensive line was. So what do you fix? Is it Brian? Is it the quarterback position? I don't know at this point. You kind of got to evaluate it all. And of course, whoever's not starting, everyone wants the other person to start. And now the big train is Joey Laba. It's like everyone's Joey to start. Deuce is gone. Now it's Joey's time. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure next year they'll be the kid out of Oklahoma. It, it just literally, it's every single year. Everyone wants the guy who's not starting. There were calls for Nate Stanley to be benched. Are you freaking kidding me? I would take Nate Stanley in a heartbeat right now. Nate Stanley, with that team last year, they go 8-0. I'll take 8-0. Nate Stanley, this team, I think, I truly think they put up a competitive fight against Michigan, and I think they beat Wisconsin. I feel comfortable saying that. But, of course, unless we have a guy who is charismatic, is going to show that he can win big games, we're not going to be happy at that quarterback position. We could even see Joey come in next year, and I'm sure people will be calling for Carson May, that kid out of Oklahoma. Or if we land Marco out of New Jersey, people are going to be calling for him as well. So what is Iowa going to do here? I don't know. I don't know what the, the plan is, but Iowa's got to figure it out soon. And what's interesting about this is there are transfer opportunities on the line here. Deuce Hogan's already gone. Alex Padilla didn't exactly give a ringing endorsement about returning to Iowa. When asked about his future, he says, haven't really talked too much in the future. We were not we were just kind of focused on this game and this game solely. It's a conversation for down the road. But we were just focused on the game and focused on our improvement moving forward. There's one other time where this happened before. It was Jake Rudock versus C.J. Beathard. And Kirk released a depth chart that had C.J. at number one. Jake transferred. What's the situation now? Are you going to have an open quarterback competition with two guys who have put in their dues? and would rather be starting than trying to battle for that starting spot? And what does the market look for those guys? I, I really think it would be a surprise to me if we go into the fall next year and we have both Alex and Spencer there. It would be a huge shocker to me. So it'll be interesting to see how this quarterback position is handled over the next couple of weeks. Kirk's going to get a lot of questions about it. There's going to be a lot of speculation about it. Uh, personally, I think you start Alex in this game. See what he has. Make a decision for the future. You say, is it Alex or is it Spencer? You tell them, and you let the other one transfer out, and then you hope that you are bringing in some other guys in case one of those guys struggles, or you have an open quarterback competition, but it's not between Alex and Spencer. That is not doing either of them any good at this point. Another thing to watch out for going into this bowl game is opt-outs. One person we do know is coming back is Tyler Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum told Chad Lysico in his press conference, that was a stupid question, Chad. I am coming back for sure, essentially. We could see guys like Tyler Goodson opt out if he thinks he wants to go pro. We could see some guys transfer. Uh, I, I hate to speculate on transferring, but Tyrone Tracy probably in the portal. We could see a Nico Regani gone as well. Riley Moss could be gone, especially if he's too worried about you know his, his knee and, and how injured that is. Depending on what Sam Laporta feels like he's getting for advice for the NFL, he could be gone. I mean, there's a lot of guys who could be looking at leaving before the bowl game. And as we find those things out, we'll definitely be covering all that right here in the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Coming up, we're going to get into basketball, though. 
Iowa versus Illinois, and what we learned about Iowa versus Purdue. Before we get into all of that, though, I do want to remind you that betting can be easy when you go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs and basketball season continues to ramp up. Betonline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. And right now you can head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And now you've heard me talk about Built Bar before. If you haven't tried one yet, what are you waiting for? Tis the season. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Fill yourself with holiday cheer and don't worry about the nutritional value of it because Built Bars are made to be delicious and nutritious. It's literally the best of both worlds, especially as we head into the holiday season. Sweets are all around us. Instead of grabbing that Snickers bar or sitting grabbing that grandma's cookie, grab yourself a Built Bar. Give you that extra fuel, give you that awesome, delicious taste, and they have so many flavors. So if you've tried some flavors and you liked them, try some additional flavors that are coming out every other day at BuiltBar.com. Plus, they have the new Puff Bars as well, which are a little bit different consistency on the inside. They are truly delicious. My favorite was actually the Churro Marshmallow. Oh, my gosh. That was yummy. Right now, you can get that at Built.com or BuiltBar.com, whichever one you choose. B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com and LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. And it has been an interesting week in Iowa basketball. We played Purdue, number two Purdue. And by the time this comes out, Purdue is more than likely going to be the number one team in the nation. Iowa made it a game. And honestly, I didn't think Iowa was going to make it close. And when I found out the news that Keegan Murray was out, I thought, holy crap, we are in for a shellacking. We are about to get absolutely smoked. And for a little bit, it looked like that. Iowa got dominated in the first half. Now, there are some things to be upset about, but Iowa got dominated in the first half. But what impressed me the most about this team is that they did not back down. They came back, they fought back, and they got back into the game to the point where they were only down two points with two minutes left in the game. That is all you can ask from any team against one of the top teams in college basketball. Give you an example. Last year was Gonzaga. This year it's Purdue. Last year against Gonzaga, arguably a more talented team of Iowa was never really in it. Against Purdue, we fought back. Yes, we lost 77 to 70. We were playing in a hostile environment at Mackey Arena without our best player, a top 15 NBA pick potentially. And we battled back to almost win that game. Now, people are wondering, why did Keegan Murray get left out? That was a very smart decision. If I'm Fran, brilliant. Because you want Keegan Murray healthy. You're not going to win or lose the season by winning or losing at Purdue. And you don't want to hurt the chances of having Keegan Murray for the rest of the season. Get him healthy. Get him ready to play. There's a lot of season left. A couple things I noticed about this game. I thought the officiating was pretty piss poor most of the game, in my opinion. Um, But I did really appreciate Iowa's defensive energy, especially in that second half. Uh, They did a phenomenal job of press press basketball, um, doing some half-court traps. The one thing about Iowa's defense is when they have and are willing to do 
press defense. They have done a really good job. That is a similar thing to what they did earlier in the season where they were forcing a significant amount of turnovers versus Portland State. If they can continue to do that, this defense can be dominant to the point where it can complement the offense as opposed to you know, kind of being a hindrance on the offense like it was last year's Iowa basketball team, almost the inverse of what we've seen for Iowa football. I also really liked what I saw from Tony Perkins. He has been emerging. 23 minutes off the bench, played a great game, was willing to take shots, was a dynamic basketball player. Josh Ogundale as well um, put up some good minutes with Philip Aracha getting into foul trouble. 16 minutes of playing time, 7 points, 5 boards on 3 or 4 shooting. He is another big test coming up against Kofi Coburn. Joe T plus Aaron Eulis. I thought both those guys playing on the court together was a fantastic combo that I did not expect to like. Um, but the most important thing I took away from this is the fact that we have a top 25 basketball team. This is a team that should be in the top 25 come today when you're listening to this AP, when the AP poll comes out. If not, they should be after this week. They have a big week ahead of them. They have Illinois and they have Iowa State, both winnable basketball games. And what I've seen from this team is this, this team is a lot better than people gave them credit for. This is a team that can surprise a lot of people in the Big Ten and across the country. Most previous Fran teams would have crumbled in that situation, and this team didn't crumble. They fought back. They had nothing to lose, and they fought back. And they did it without Philip Bracha, who got into foul trouble, ended up getting five fouls, lost him for a decent chunk of the game. Jordan wasn't hitting his shot. They didn't have Keegan Murray, and they still – almost defeated a top-ranked Purdue team. Now, what does this mean going to Illinois? This is a great opportunity for Iowa to get a win here. Now, coming into this season, I said if Iowa goes 1-2, and two, I'm happy with that. If Iowa goes 2-1, and one, I'm ecstatic. If Iowa goes 3-0, and oh, let's go. We're going to the national championship. We are at a point now where Iowa definitely goes 1-2 and two between Virginia, Purdue, and Illinois. There's a chance they go 2-1. and one, And if they go 2-1, and one, we weren't that far away from 3-0. and oh. So, this is a big game. Um, it's going to be huge because Andre Corbello is out. You might remember him. He honestly, to me, was almost more dynamic than um, uh, Io DeSumo. Um, I liked Andre Corbello's game a lot more. I like how his play style is, very aggressive, very fun. He has picked the pocket out of Iowa's backcourt a lot. Um, he's going to be out in this game. That's a huge loss for Illinois. Fortunately for Illinois, they have Kofi Coburn, who's still going to be there. Josh is going to get some minutes here. Either you need to get Kofi in foul trouble or you're going to need Josh to play some basketball in this game. And he played well against Kofi in a few minutes last year. It'll be interesting to see how he plays in this game against Kofi now in this season, especially after getting Travian Williams for quite a bit of time. Illinois this season hasn't been as strong as we expected. They dropped a couple games to Marquette and Cincinnati. This also has been arguably one of the most injured teams in the entire country. Either injuries, illnesses, suspensions, you name it, Illinois has just gotten the absolute shaft this season. So they're going to be looking to bounce back. They're going to be looking to get a win against Iowa, against Iowa at Iowa. Iowa needs this W to move on over into playing an Illinois team that is going to be, or sorry, playing an Iowa State team that is very excited about the potential for their team, a team that wasn't expected to do a lot this year, but already making great strides under their first-year head coach. And the biggest news for Iowa is, will we get Keegan Murray back? Fran is not going to play Keegan until he is 100% healthy, or at least 95% healthy, with a limited chance of being injured. Um, if we get Keegan Murray back, I think Iowa should be able to run away with this game. And I say run away as if 
they're going to win by 20. I mean, they should just be able to easily win this game by five or six. Um, it shouldn't have to be kind of coming down to the last second. They should be able to at least dictate and control this game. If Keegan Murray's out, it's going to be another dogfight. But Iowa needs to be able to win these games. They need to be able to show they can win games without a Keegan Murray and in a variety of different ways because Keegan Murray isn't going to have it every single game. Just like Luka Garza didn't have it every single game. And you saw a Joe Wieskamp step up. We're seeing guys step up in the absence of Keegan Murray, and that has been very impressive. But I would love to have Keegan Murray back for this game. As we do, and as we're going to do for every basketball game, we'll be breaking down this game on tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, so stay tuned for that. A little bit shorter of an episode today, um, but we already gave you a bonus episode yesterday with LaShawn, so thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, we'll have episodes every single day this week, though. If you, want more, if you want more Locked On content, though, and you want to bet on some games, I highly recommend you check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They do a great job of giving you three to four bets every single day that you can place at betonline.ag and put a little money in your pocket. Iowa Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic Monday, and as always, let's go Hawks.